Welcome to the podcast Beyond the Triangle. I'm Amy Beth Horman, and this is episode seven, entitled Nutrition. This is the last episode of our Practice and Performance Primer series. Today's episode, in keeping with our podcast, is devoted to the parents of young artists. As usual, I'm going to give you real talk from all the perspectives, student, teacher, adjudicator, and parent. I'm thrilled at the popularity of our primer series so far, because I sincerely believe that the topics I'm focusing on this week need to be addressed more directly, and that it will serve everyone involved. I'm continually inspired by parents I meet both in real life and online to try and start conversations on how to better tailor our lives for all of our young artists. Today's episode will be totally devoted to the topic nutrition and its role in a young performer's life. In today's busy lifestyles, this last component can be easily overlooked. With a younger, pickier eater on your hands or a teen that's really on the go, you might find it really challenging to make sure they are staying nourished and eating healthy. I know I feel this way most of the time with my young kids. My young artist at age eight is an adventurous eater, but she's also a daydreamer and a chatterbox. So she will sit at school sometimes or chat instead of eat lunch, bringing a full lunchbox home to me. As a teacher, I can't tell you how many young violinists over the years have arrived for recordings, performances, or auditions only for me to find out that they had not eaten anything that day. I think most of the time this is related to nerves. And sometimes it's just that there's so much to plan for on one of these days that nutrition kind of falls by the wayside. One thing I like to tell parents is, if their stomach is upset, you should know that this happens even for kids who don't have much stage fright. So it might be an idea not to ask them if they're nervous just because they say that their stomach is upset. In their case, their body might just be getting ready to feel the adrenaline early. This happens to me too. Sometimes my stomach on a concert day isn't right first thing in the morning, and we are hours away from stage time. I will give you some solid tips on how to deal with this later in the podcast. So what I've found is, for some parents, not wanting to instigate a performance or audition day battle, they try and cajole them into eating, but in the end, They let it go, or they compromise, not knowing that by compromising, they might unknowingly be making things worse. Speaking as a teacher, I want to tell parents that these are things that you shouldn't let go or compromise on, because the body simply cannot function and play these incredibly complex pieces without the proper fuel. And especially if your child is going through an audition that has multiple pieces. If you compromise and give them something that they think that they want, they might be wrong, and you also don't want them getting sick the day of. So this is why I hand out a chart to my parents to start working with their kid way ahead of time on how to eat bland foods that they can tolerate and which will serve them well as fuel on important days like these. Keep in mind that if you have a really picky eater on your hands or one with food allergies, you need to be planning even farther ahead. 
I find it helps to take the time to get creative and make a menu of choices, include the children in on cooking, or take them shopping to pick out their practice and performance brain foods. Ava at eight is fascinated by the fact that certain foods will help her brain function better. In essence, you need to get into a routine where they know what to eat around auditions, lessons, and rehearsals. The best time to get that started is right now, so do not wait. You can try these brain foods on lesson days or rehearsals, and then they'll know which ones work for them before concert events. Even the parents who thought it wouldn't work for their kid because they were a little bit picky were pleasantly surprised. The best part is is that they will carry this knowledge with them forever. As they become more and more independent, it will pay off. If I had to guess why kids, even the really reticent picky ones, are willing to try this, I would say it's because you are allowing them choices. Again, as parents, you will have reduced down to only good choices, but they're still enjoying the shift in control, being able to choose for themselves. Let's face it. As I said in the practice power episodes, we're telling them what to do a lot of the time, and this continues in their school days. So it probably just feels refreshing for them to have a say in things. After they've tried a few things, engage in conversations with them about whether it helped them and how. Some kids might not notice a difference, so you might want to be paying attention for them. Awareness grows as kids get older, so don't be discouraged if they don't notice a big change right away. The change is still there. I advise parents to make a goal of getting a list of good foods together that work for them so that when you're taking a moment to plan their concert day with them a few days in advance, you can make choices about that nutrition. I had the same meal before every concert growing up because it worked for me. We actually had a full-blown ritual, and it worked great. My mom was smart beyond measure, and somehow she never even talked about it. We had grilled chicken over pasta with basil and spinach and Parmesan on top. Then we would play Scrabble, and on concert days, and seemingly only on concert days, I would lose because my brain would be on the music, but it relaxed me to do something else. No TV, no high amounts of activity going on, just quiet time with mom where my brain was gently lit up and all of those important energy focus and stamina foods were ticked off the list. She also always packed me bananas and peanut butter crackers and water for my bag. I liked these things and they worked for me. Sometimes I would just have them during intermission. She found what worked for me and she kept at it. You notice how I said that she did some of these things without even talking about it? I think that that's significant, and I think that it influenced some of my success in concerts when I was younger. I don't know about you, but concert days at our house might appear happy and calm, but that is by design. Behind the scenes, there's a lot of planning that has to go into the day before I even wake up. I've frequently already packed snacks for the day, and her performance clothes are all laid out. Music is organized and ready, including extra scores for judges. I usually get up early so that I can cook a large, nutritious breakfast with plenty of staying power, and I try and keep the conversation and the moods really light. 
We do a purposeful but short warm-up, sipping mint tea with honey, which is her favorite thing. And we try and just keep everyone and everything on an even keel so that all of that wonderful energy is reserved for stage. That might not sound like a lot of nutrition, but there is a lot of nutrition hidden in there. There are snacks already packed. There's time allotted to cook a larger breakfast with the right foods and mint tea, which soothes the stomach during the warm-up. And don't worry, I'm going to list all of those right foods for you later. Just for fun for now, let me tell you what would happen if I did nothing to prepare for those big concert or audition days. The kids would wake up late, launch a dance party using our Alexa, eat the worst cereal in the house, which I don't even know why we still have it in the cupboard, and pour themselves a tall glass of juice. Then they would fight over some really caustic children's shows on their iPad, and one of them would end up coming to us crying, with the other one in a high-adrenaline defense mode. I didn't do anything! Sounds like a great road to a beautiful concert day, right? Oh, and those food choices. Unfortunately, the instant jolt that comes from a blood sugar spike is typically followed by an insulin surge, leading to a quick drop in blood sugar, which leaves you feeling foggy and sluggish. Yep, great for high-level violin rep. Proper nutrition is part of planning for success, and it requires parents to take some initiative. I always advise my parents to get into this habit and take the lead on food around auditions and performances, because most kids won't until time is limited, and then so are their choices. So if you plan ahead and take initiative around them, you're giving them an extra layer of security for what they're about to do. Even kids who love performing need this extra support. They deserve it, and it shows them that you are there for them and ready to enjoy all of their hard work while it comes to fruition. That's really what the Primer episodes are about, honestly. Sleep, schedule, and nourish for success. But also, doing these things shows them that you're behind them and excited to hear the fruits of their labors. This is your very important role in this portion of their lives while they're training. All right, enough background. So let's get talking about the specifics for the food. First, let's address what I hinted at earlier. If you have a child who is nervous straight away on the day of something important, you need to tread very carefully. Here, I would recommend something called the BRAT diet. Don't worry, the word BRAT is just an acronym. For those of you who aren't familiar, BRAT stands for bananas, rice, applesauce, and toast. Why these things? Well, it turns out that these things have a binding effect on the digestive tract to help upset stomachs. In addition to this, you might try some foods with mint, ginger, honey, even papaya, and cinnamon. These all help with stomach upset and nausea. There is nothing worse than having a digestive issue on the day of a concert. So having some of these on hand could be a lifesaver. They really do help. Remember the mint tea with honey I mentioned I share with Ava the day of her concerts? Well, guess what? It's for me, too, because I'm a nervous mom. It helps both of us with just a teensy bit of stomach queasiness that we get. 
Now let's move on to just general nutrition, not related to stomach upset, but centered on stamina and performance. You could even try mixing the two. Let's talk about protein. Protein helps balance your blood sugar and focus. I know for Ava, without protein, we are sunk. So she has some favorites we always have on hand, but there are many possibilities here. Your best possibility is something you know how to prepare and something that's simple. We go for eggs because to me, that is the perfect protein for us. We also try bacon and salmon because our kids love it. Salmon, as well as some other fattier fish, are seen as superfoods or brain foods, and we'll talk about that a little later. I have personally seen a great result from salmon with Ava and with me too. So we sometimes cook it the night before and save some for the morning or afternoon of a concert. Next, let's talk about the power of leafy greens. We really want some leafy greens to appear somewhere in their food. And I know that this might sound impossible for some of you. But for my kids, I just go ahead and buy fresh and put it in their smoothies. Kale is a superfood that provides you with the essential minerals. And like lean meats, kale contains the amino acid tyrosine, which helps give you a mental lift as well as fiber to fill you up and help you keep going. So this will help keep your blood sugar stable so that you can avoid energy crashes. Spinach also is loaded with iron, nearly twice as much as other leafy greens, and that's essential to keeping your energy up. So to give you an example, if I really wanted to hit it out of the park, I might prepare a protein smoothie with kale and spinach mixed in there and then have eggs, whole wheat toast, and maybe a slice of bacon or some leftover grilled salmon from the night before. Remember, this isn't about volume of food. It's about the selection of food and how it works for you. So you don't need to overdo it on the plate to get these benefits, and you probably don't want to because it could make them nauseous if you feed them too much at once. Don't do meat at all? No problem. Let's talk about seeds and nuts and beans to get your protein in and help you keep that blood sugar right where you want it. First, let's talk about seeds. A handful of tasty seeds, like pumpkin seeds, contain more protein per ounce than almonds, as well as more iron and magnesium than most nuts. Remember that protein in any form helps supply energy, and it keeps you fuller for longer because it's satiating. It helps you manage your blood sugar. Protein-rich foods like seeds, eggs, and nuts take a little longer to digest, so you won't be hungry or lethargic in 20 minutes. Another great option is hummus and tasty legumes. My kids both love hummus. This Mediterranean dip has only a few simple ingredients, usually garbanzo beans, sesame-based tahini, olive oil, and lemon juice. They all contribute nutrients for energy. The fiber and protein provided help stabilize your blood sugar again. They take the edge off your hunger and they boost your energy. How about salmon and other fatty fish? Remember, I said salmon was a brain food. It's not called a brain food for nothing. Salmon is high in omega-3 fatty acids, which are nutrients that have been found to improve memory and boost energy. Additionally, this delicious fish is also loaded with protein, niacin, riboflavin, and vitamin B6, 
all of them instrumental in helping your body convert the food you eat into energy. So they are perfect for stage. How about almonds and cashews? Nuts are an amazing source of healthy fats, fiber, and protein that help balance those blood sugar levels. They are also packed with magnesium, a mineral that plays a key role in converting the food to energy. Being low on magnesium can really drain your energy. Also, try organic nut butters that provide a great tasting energy boost. Use all natural nut butters that contain nothing but nuts, though, so that you don't add some sugars that you really don't want. Like an athlete, sometimes I recommend considering front-loading a bit with nutrition at the start of the day, particularly if you have a full recital or program to play later. That doesn't mean overeating. It just means selecting things very strategically and eating slightly more than normal in the morning. You don't want too full a stomach either because, as I said, that could cause other problems, especially if you're a little nervous. You can still allow kids to have what's familiar to them too, but add to it in a purposeful way. Like if they must have some cereal in the morning, pair it with whole wheat bread and peanut butter or a Greek yogurt smoothie and throw some spinach in there. You can still do it and give them some of what they want. Let's talk for a little bit about carbs. Carbs get a bad rap, I know, but we need carbohydrates. Our bodies rely on glucose to function, especially our brain. For these kids, don't avoid carbs if you can. Focus on getting them to eat the ones which are higher in fiber. Complex carbs will make you feel fuller longer, supplying you with a steadier stream of energy. By choosing low glycemic index carbs, you're making a really good choice. Keep in mind that blood glucose fuels the brain, and so it follows that rapidly fluctuating blood glucose levels can have the potential to really affect their mood, sometimes their behavior, and their energy levels in their training. Most kids just need some pointers in the right direction to make their way to low glycemic index foods. I ask families to try and start making simple swaps, like try whole wheat pasta, or brown rice, or quinoa for dinner. You could even do half and half. Sometimes, just introducing these new options in advance can make it more likely for you to pull them out on the day of a big event. Low glycemic index foods in general have a lot of staying power, and this can be amazing for young performers on stage. They keep the blood sugar level longer, and you can even carry them with you, so I encourage my students to have a few on hand as snacks to have on the day of anything that's important. Some days for competitions especially, you might need to get really creative if you're in a new place or stuck on site for hours waiting. You might have even traveled to a new city. Here are a few portable winners from my studio. Greek yogurt, hummus, cashews, peanuts, almonds, popcorn, whole wheat tortilla sandwiches. If you combine these with the foods from the other categories, you're giving them wonderful fuel to sustain them in the hours leading up to their performances and on stage. Okay, let's talk about fruit. That's my favorite. It's a widely established fact that berries are great for the brain. So we're big fans of berries over here. It has been proven that blueberries, for example, can help maintain brain function and improve memory. 
so we throw them on yogurt over oatmeal and smoothies, the works. We also know that bananas can help boost concentration and pack a very healthy punch of potassium, which can help with nerves. They also stand for the B in the brat diet. Sometimes I will make a smoothie with bananas and a bit of dark cocoa. Dark chocolate has the ability to boost serotonin and endorphin levels, which are both associated with better concentration. My kids love this combination and respond to it like it's a milkshake now. One little word of caution though, chocolate can irritate the stomach. So if it's a concert day, skip this smoothie to be safe. But on lesson and rehearsal days, which are lower key, this has been a real winner in our house. Last but not least, let's talk about hydration. I know I'm not as an adult getting enough water during the day. As hard as I try, I still can't keep up. But keep in mind that whatever your recommended ounces are for the day to achieve with your kids, this includes the water you get from the fresh fruits and vegetables and the food that they're eating. Chances are, if you're eating whole foods, you're doing better on those ounces than you think. But for the sake of numbers, let's look at what doctors recommend we get in fluids for the kids. If your child is between the ages of four and eight, they should be drinking seven cups of water a day. Between the ages of nine to 13, they should be drinking nine to 10 cups of water a day. And 14 to 18 year olds should drink anywhere from 10 to 14 cups of water a day. Some of this will depend on their activity level. But don't forget, rehearsing, practicing, and performing is a very, very active thing. My way of accomplishing this is that if we start early in the morning by giving a glass of water, we can get started in the right direction. Most families I know carry water bottles everywhere. My kids carry them to school, but sometimes they come home and they're still full. I ask them if they're drinking at school and they say, yes, from the fountain, but I just tell them, nope, I want that bottle empty when you come home. These are just parenting habits that I'm trying to enforce in general, and I'm sure you are too. But they also help on concert days because they're already well ingrained. I also give water in moments where I feel Ava is lacking focus in her lessons. I'll just hold it up for her to take a sip. This gives her a second to regain her concentration, and she hydrates a bit. For all of her rehearsals, I have it with her, sometimes on stage. I myself have carried water on stage with me to rehearse for solos with orchestra. It's hard work to rehearse a large concerto. So carry water with you always. And certainly when you travel, you need bottled water on hand at all times. Never trust another water source in a new place. This can lead to disaster. And every musician I've ever known has a horror story about this. I know we're all getting stopped in the airports and having to ditch all of our liquids, but you need a water bottle in your luggage empty and ready to use with bottled water when you get there. And at restaurants, you can't trust their water either. So please order bottled water. It could make the difference between a really dodgy performance and a triumphant one. Before we get to the end of the podcast, I'd also like to share a little bit about what we do with supplements in our house. But as I do that, I also advise you to speak to your physicians to find the right things for your family. I started taking some supplements in the 80s. 
And I still remember the day it began because it was the day my teacher handed me the Paganini Caprice book. And on the cover, he wrote vitamin E, fish oil, glucosamine, and vitamin C. The first three of those were meant to keep me from sustaining injury because they lubricate and improve joint health. And the last one was to help me not catch colds or get sick while learning something because it halts my progress. Pretty hardcore, right? Anyhow, I still take them and they really help with traveling to auditions or performances. I used to pull my right arm every time I had to travel because I was carrying luggage or dragging a luggage cart. This was not ideal for obvious reasons for my bow arm. I usually only had one rehearsal with orchestra before performances, so if I was uncomfortable with my arm, I wasn't really telling them what I needed from them very well. This got pretty frustrating. But once I started this regimen, I never had trouble with that again. It was like I was the tin man and was giving myself oil before I went on my journey. I was truthfully kind of skeptical that supplements would have that much of an effect on me, but there was no denying it. So I was hooked after that. Just some things to think about. I hope this episode has given you some new things to consider regarding nutrition. This is such an important topic and one which I think can really change a fuzzy concert or audition experience into a vividly successful one. Stay tuned for the next episode in our podcast, which will focus on the ever-important relationship with your private instructors. We will be discussing both child and parent comportment in lessons, as well as exploring how to nurture and protect this significant relationship so that it is one that you have in your child's life for the long term. I will also talk about how to resolve conflict, bring up concerns, and show appreciation, as well as detail what your teachers wish you knew about the ins and outs of switching studios. I have a lot of information gathered from both myself and many other conservatory teachers, so be sure not to miss this one, Both you and your child's relationship with your private instructor is crucial to your child's development and long-term success as a young artist. Don't miss a beat. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Podbean. If you have a question or a topic you would like to discuss on Beyond the Triangle, my ears are wide open. Write me at beyondthetrianglepodcast at gmail.com and let's connect.